Welcome back, loyal listeners, to an episode of Anime Was Not a Mistake, where we provide the existential dread, and you provide the criticisms and commentary. I am your trapped-in-a-time-loop host, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, here as always with... Uh, the man who remains, Dan Ryan. That'll, that reference will make sense in a second. Will it? <laughs> I don't understand. But yes, you've caught us in the midst of our Summer of Cyborg, Episode 7. Sorry for numbering it wrong last time. I didn't realize that I numbered them on the recordings, and I could have just looked to the top. But you live and learn, Dan. Mm-hmm. We thought we were on 5. We're actually on 7, but we're trekking through. We just had some... A clunker of an episode followed by the masterstroke that was that 004 episode. Yes. So I'm excited today to also share that we have two episodes that made me experience existential dread and then hope. Good. (laughs) And then one good showing of 003 and then plot heavy episode. Good. So overall, it's been good, though. And I'm glad to share these four. But before we do, of course, we've got tangents, we've got life news, and we've got lots of things to share, apparently. Yeah. It's been a week. Um... Do you want to start? You I begin. I'm going to be talking for a while. Okay, well, uh, I guess the first movie that I saw throughout the week mm-hmm. was uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy. And here's where I leave the podcast. <laughs> well, and I just need to say, uh, you know, this qualifies as animation, but I can assure you I am watching anime as well, but mm. it's stuff that I would like to showcase on the podcast, so I won't go into detail about that, because, st- you know, I mm-hmm. want to save it, you know... Yeah, for its proper spotlight. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just Space Jam. Mm. It never is just Space Jam. No. Um, but yes, I did see uh, Space Jam: A New Legacy mm-hmm. on a, on HBO Max. Um, uh, Big Chungus was there. Yes. Uh, Rick and Morty were there. The Droogs, uh, Baby Jane. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's there. Yeah. Uh, Mister Freeze was. Uh, the most prominent villain behind. Uh, he was. He was stand. Well, he doesn't do anything, but he uh. was. Him from the Batman and Robin incarnation mm-hmm. was standing, like In Danny DeVito's Penguin was standing there. Wow. Uh, there were a lot of uh, extremely outdated Matrix jokes, like <laughs> like the ones that Shrek made yeah. frequently. But that, Shrek was closer. Yes, much closer. <laughs> not like 15 years removed, I guess. Yikes. Um... But yeah. Zendaya voices Lola Bunny, so... And, 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 I, and I swear, like, right, like straight out of a 90s movie, like, straight out of a 90s slash early 2000s cartoon to live action mm. reboot thing, there was a rap scene. Oh. There was, there was, like, you know, like, where they have, like, the cartoon character, like, yo, yo, we're cool. They, they did one, and I was like, I haven't seen one of these in, in decades. Oh, no, no. They stopped doing that. It's Porky Pig. They have him do a a stereotypical uh, rap battle scene with Don Cheadle, and mm-hmm. I'm like, "Wow, this is this is an artifact." Isn't it? Oh my god! <laughs> I'm already cringing. I just I'm struck dumb by that statement. Like they they like yeah. I'm like, oh my god, is this happening? And and it was. So it, was it good? Um, I thought it was fine as a Space mm. Jam sequel. Like it does what a Space Jam sequel would do. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I think, I think Space Jam holds a place in a lot of our hearts because it was a it was yeah. a '90s event. The website was functional for like 20 years after the movie was released. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie has was promised for like all you know the 25 years since the last one came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've always been talking about doing another one, and then they got. 
they would get one basketball player involved, but then they would have to drop out. I think at one point they briefly switched sports, and then that person had to drop out. And, and you know, so it took a while to even get here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's exactly what you would expect from a modern-day space jam sequel (laughs) okay again but with like these artifacts of things that i didn't think yeah like you remember would exist in the zeitgeist still yeah like like you remember like way back when with the the rocky and bullwinkle live action movie do i that one best song at the oscars that year (laughs) yeah and then they and they have uh they have bullwinkle uh do like a rap thing with the people at a college at one point yeah you know, and there's countless other examples. Like, they had Shrek do that at one point. They mm-hmm. had... I don't know. It, again, it's just like that astounding... Yeah, that in the Matrix joke. Mm. Like, those two things were like, I didn't think movies did this anymore, but... Mm. You know, because, like, like, those desperate attempts to be with it. Yeah. But, like, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's... It, I mean, it, it is legitimately what you would expect from... Uh, uh, from from sequel. this, yeah. like like, mm-hmm. I think LeBron James is a little funnier than than like uh, uh, Michael Jordan was. Mm-hmm. Like he he seems to be better more, actor, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> he like he's animated for part of it, so all he has to do is just like voice mm-hmm. the guy, um, and it's not like too cliche of a plot. He's just like he can't bond with his son about because the son likes video games. Ah. And uh, that plays into the whole thing. And so it's a very Sopranos-style storyline. Yeah, so it's, it's you know... Where it, Tony's it, playing a one-handed Mario Kart with a Nintendo 64 controller. <laughs> like, it, it, I mean, it, it's exactly what you would expect. It, it, you know, it mm. acknowledges the, the fact that the Looney Tunes aren't that huge anymore. I mean, uh, I still love them. They have a soft place in my heart, but I'm just sad to see their mockery has become parody now. Yeah. Well, again, After, like a few successes, because Back in Action was good, even yeah. though it's a it's a bad movie. It was still good. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. and, and uh, I mean, it's literally the only complaint that I have. And this is one of those things where it's like Dan and Jonathan analyze children's media and yes. get angry. Uh, purely that mm-hmm. I need to, you know. But there's a there's a joke at the end. Spoiler alert for Space Jam: A New Legacy, okay. uh, where Bugs sacrifices himself. Um, to pull off a sweet basketball move, and he gets deleted. Um, I assume that's bad. Yeah, and <laughs> and <laughs> the the you know I would assume that it would set up a joke where he yeah because again when we when we sat and we watched Popeye, you and I were coming up with what could this cartoon do yeah. that like a cartoon should be doing, mm-hmm. and I thought it was setting up a joke. Where Bugs was just gonna pop right back in and be like, Hollywood makes a lot of reboots fast these days, you know, like yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, but they don't. Oh. Instead, Bugs dies, <laughs> uh, he ascends, and then he just comes back before the credits. Like, he meets up with LeBron and he's like, hey, I'm not dead. Like, he literally says, I'm not dead. Huh. And then, uh... So I thought, Miss Joke Opportunity, this takes it from a 10 out of 10 to a 9 out of 10 for me, personally. <laughs> so you rated it a 9 out of 10? Yes. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if Again, we can be for, friends anymore, for, Dad. For a Space Jam sequel, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was, it's exactly well, what if you ever questioned who's the Russian judge on this podcast, I'll give well, you a yeah, hint, it's not Dan. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I fully Dan's the that. Paula Abdul with his extra large Sony pop, clapping slowly, going, it was great, I loved it. That's exactly, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly, but uh, again, uh, rating it as a Space Jam property, mm. yeah, 
It's a can't can't complain. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I was I was I was shocked at moments. Again, <laughs> Big Chungus, Rick and Morty. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, I just wish I was in those crowd scenes. They seem to have gotten everyone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. The Clockwork Orange Boys. <laughs> I mean, we've covered this. Yeah. You know, all the Flintstones, the Scooby Doo <laughs> Gang. Um. A lot of product placement. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Mm. It is what it is. I recommend it. Maybe don't pay for it by itself, but if you have HBO Max, go for or it. Or could borrow someone HBO's Max. Yes. Yeah. 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 Do yeah, that check instead. It out. Check yeah. it out. Well, is that all you got? For that, yeah. All right. Yeah, I, um, so. I guess I'll throw in one of mine. So, it's been a slow week at the start because I finished Mario Golf Story Mode, which we can call it a story mode because it was <laughs> easily beat. And, um, I mean, it's fine. I realized I have no one to play with, so I can play online, but you know how people treat me online, so. Yeah, yeah. you get griefed. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll lag, and then they'll blame me. So it was a whole thing. I was like, I need to find something to recover this and make up for the window between uh, The Great Ace Attorney and Neo The World Ends With You, which comes out next week. Oh, The yeah. week after this week coming. Whatever. So I was like, all right, what do I do? I'm going to try to get into anime and finish the series that I started a while ago, but I didn't want to double dip. And this series is a masterpiece, Dan. I'm highly recommending it to you and the viewers. If they haven't seen it, it's been the anime of the summer entitled Odd Taxi. Mm -hmm. It's 13 episodes long. It's kind of like a gritty Zootopia with pop idols and gang warfare and this taxi driver that we're following around solving mysteries throughout the 13 episode arc. Mm -hmm. And it is a masterpiece, Dan. Mm -hmm. It is one of the best anime that I've seen in a long time. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but the stakes are high enough to care about all of these characters. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to spoil it. I want you to go into it blind. Don't research anything. It's 13 episodes, but this is an assignment for you. I have many assignments for Dan this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just think it's great. And I mean, I'm happy I'm watching anime again. So yeah. I'm going to try to continue to keep up with it. I know that Demon Slayer is next on my list Good. for the long ones. M so I'll try to balance that with the something. Yeah. For you, yeah. Uh, yeah. The best thing I can... Uh, 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 yeah. I don't know. There's an anime about camping that's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to see it. I think I've heard of that, too. It's so adorable. It was yeah. in the new Clemps video, and I was like, I gotta watch that, yeah. even though it's from a, a year or two ago. But Odd Taxi Dan, watch it. Yep. 13 episodes. I don't care if it's one a day. Get it done. Mm -hmm. um, and then while we're on the topic of things that are going to change Dan's life, a big one dropped into my lap. And I've been hyping it up nonstop till Dan since I started playing two days ago and got 60% through the story. And it's... The game of 2020, it came out in September 2020, but was overlooked by, like, the PS5 launch and Persona 5 Royal. Oh, yeah. And Ghost of Tsushima, oh, which came oh, out, yeah. like, back-to-back, -back, so it was kind of shoved under the radar. It's 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim by VanillaWare and Atlas. Mm -hmm. And VanillaWare, you might know them from Dragon's, Dragon's Crown, which had the, you know, big boob witch uh -huh. in the 2D fighting style. But this game... I know we like to talk about playing anime, and that's, like, what we thought cyberpunk was, but this, Dan, this game is going to change your life. Yeah. And I'm not going to spoil anything for you. I'm going to give you, like, the basics. It has 13 main characters, mostly teenagers in Japan, set over different time periods. And the game is almost like part point-and-click adventure, where you're going through a story mode, interacting with the characters in different environments, piecing together the story in a non-linear fashion, so it's not told all at the same time. And as you go through the story, you unlock more for each of the 13. Mm -hmm. Then it's part mech fighting sim, mm -hmm. which you observe from like an aerial location. And then you, you're fighting like these aliens or whatever by using like this 
uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion slash Gundam style loadout screen mm -hmm. where you like select missile or barrage or like fight or whatever. Yeah. And it's super addictive and fun. And then you've got a third mode, which is like piecing together the story with like tidbits and mystery points that you acquire throughout both. And they all fuel into each other. And it sounds uber complicated, but Dan, I've been unable to put it down. I think it has the best story. It was nominated for best narrative, but it didn't win at the Game Awards last mm -hmm. year. Um, I'm just upset that like it took me this long to get to it because my friend co-host Mark was like, you need to play this. It was my game of year 2020. And I was like, eh, whatever. I'll get to it when I get to it. I finally did. And I regret not getting to it sooner because it would be done and you'd be in your hands. And then we could both rave about it together. But yeah. I'm on my mission to complete it. I played eight hours yesterday and like seven hours the day before, which is a rarity for me. I was up into the wee hours, Dan. Well, again, again, to reaffirm, to, nothing wrong with patient gaming. Yes. Y you can discover something that yes. can become your fucking favorite, and it's like ten... Again, mm -hmm. I've been going through the old man discovers things that people have been doing for... You know, but, but yeah, you yeah. never know. Yeah. Look, through, look through your backlog. You could you, do either, but I'm yeah. speeding through it just to gift it to Dan, because yeah. I know it will change his life. It's literally the best anime that you can't watch. You have mm -hmm. to play mm -hmm. and experience. And I don't know why more people don't know about this game. Well, from the sound, I mean, putting it in that context, it sounds like it probably would have gotten, uh, like, overshadowed by... Because that was a busy stretch. Of I mean, yeah. well, Cyberpunk was obviously delayed again, yeah. but with Tsushima and everything else, it was... Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, it makes sense. Mm. Unfortunately, but... Yeah, yeah. but... I, I'm gonna need your details as you play, when you play. Who knows? When yeah. we name drop shit on this podcast, it ends up... Maybe we can see it tw uh, trending, like, oh, five days if it days was on now. the Switch, Dan, it'd be over. There'd be nothing else to play. Yeah. Like, it's that good. Yeah. And, I mean, those are the two things that I did this week, but I understand you got a new Precious Gem well, remastered. I'm, yeah, well, I'm saving that for last. Oh, okay. I got a few more things before Oh, okay. That. Um, Speak. Uh, second thing... Uh, to explain my title for this episode, uh, Loki concluded uh, this yes. past week. Friend um, of the pod, Grant, was like, are you all watching? I was like, Dan is. <laughs> Why did you say it like well, that? Well, no, he's, and then he was like, he was like, well, Dan's right. And I like was like, well, I never. Because <laughs> Grant was like, oh, it's the best thing that Marvel ever came up with. And I was I'm like, leaving. Well, yeah, I was <laughs> like, well, I don't want, I didn't come here to be shunned. <laughs> um, but no, uh, Loki concluded. And there were, as we've discussed, there were things that, like, people were expecting out of WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier that, despite those being phenomenal shows, in my mm -hmm. opinion, you know, there, there were Twitter fights about, like, things that weren't included. Mm -hmm. And then for Loki, uh, spoilers going into this, skip however far ahead you feel you might need to for my rant to conclude. We but, don't timestamp here. <laughs> um, but the... Uh, one of the speculated things that was going to happen in Loki did end up happening. Hmm. A character uh, who goes by the title He Who Remains shows uh, up. There, that's the title, yeah. Um, he uh, is, is seemingly a multiverse alternate version of Kang the Conqueror, uh, who is a Thanos-level villain mm -hmm. who is seemingly poised to become the, you know... Um, one part of what this new era of characters will have to face. Where's Kodos the Conqueror? Um, yeah, of course. Uh, Just Kang? But, uh, I voted for Kang. No, oh, wait, I oh yeah, I, I know. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. 
it took me a second, but uh, um, the uh, the one half that that Falcon Winter Soldier and Black Widow are setting up seems to be like a political intrigue, Thunderbolts, Dark Avengers type thing, and then this other multiverse thing, which Spider Man and Doctor Strange are getting into, seems to have Kang the Conqueror as at least one of the big antagonists there, mm. and um, his name escapes me at the moment, and I apologize for that, but. This actor dude is incredible who is playing him. Yeah. Uh, he, in my opinion, delivers from from my uh, uh, dorky standpoint one of the best monologues that I have seen from a Marvel thing. Mm. Uh, like a perfect, n- not like a villain rant, but a, you know, this is my importance in the grand scheme of things uh, type speech. And I loved it. Like, he shows up and he just captures the fucking scene. Jonathan Majors, Dan. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he... Odd you would forget his name because... No, of course. I, perhaps that's why I blocked it. <laughs> but uh, he... He, uh, <laughs> he just steals the show. He, he shows up and, you know, I cannot wait to see what this guy... Without getting into too many spoilers, what sort of things this character can get up to as this plot arc continues. Mm. Um... Following on from that, I also saw Black Widow yesterday. Ah. Uh, solid recommendation for me. A lot of people were concerned that these were movies were going to start declining. Uh, you know, as depending on what characters they, they brought to the forefront, this Black Widow movie has been in production hell for like uh, 10 years at this point. It was supposed to be made way back around the time that I think the first Avengers came out, but the the one producer guy vetoed it and then it kept getting pushed like back until finally they put it on you know the slate now mm-hmm. and it's an interquel between i think Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War hmm. and everyone does a fantastic job got Florence Pugh it, it does Pugh. David Harbour does does an excellent job mm. uh Rachel Weiss wow uh, it delivers great perform like they they're all the whole cast is great mm. and i'm very pleased that that scarjo and all of these black widow associated characters got a chance to to do shit and mm-hmm. be in the spotlight and they keep it on them they they keep it on these characters and they get they get shit done mm. so it, it it was very good to see highly recommend that movie mm. and then it has a little thing at the end uh, you know, that kind of hints at Florence Pugh remaining in the MCU and taking Black Widow's place. The MC Pugh now. MC Pugh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because she'll own it. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, that's that's it in terms of movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, mm-hmm. uh, this weekend was Skyward Sword weekend. And I have been, I have been, don't you throw up in your mouth, though. I see you over there. I'm, I'm uh, keeping it down. Uh, I I love it. Mm. I've been playing it. <laughs> this oh. looks to heaven. I love it. I look skyward. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, I've been loving it. I've been playing it. Puts on uh, his Robert Loja voice. <laughs> uh, non, you know, uh, pretty, pretty much constantly over the weekend. Um... As I explained to you, and you you responded with the Marsha gif. Sure, Dan. Um, <laughs> the button controls are great. Mm-hmm. Like it, it um, I've 
Sky like I love Skyward Sword. We I do. Know, we know. I do. I'm just um, you know, part of the reason I just you know I just love it as a game, but also it was it was the first game that me, Grant, and uh, you and John got to clown on as a group together. Well, clown on you as a group together. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we because uh, it was uh, it was announced when we were at uh, when we were in high school or college. I don't remember. Yeah, it was that was high because that was that was the Wii. So that was <sighs> um, wow. That was You're a right. long time ago. Yeah. Uh, and then you were explaining that it was looked like something some painter did that I didn't retain, it's but uh, Monet. Monet. Okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it was it was the first Zelda That's game Jean that Monet. was that was <laughs> very uh, famous watercolor impressionist. But what do you know? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it, it has a special place to me because of of all those reasons. But I think this ported version is actually, if you like me are a fan of it and you want to hand it to somebody. This is probably a better version to go with because well, yeah. the button controls fix a lot. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like I've I've sailed through most of this game because I'm not fighting with the the motion controls and you everything. Parasailed through most of the game. Yes, um, <laughs> but you know, again, of all the the strange ports that we've gone through, like like how wonderful 101 yes was, and and other things that that kind of make the leap from the Wii or the Wii U to this system. Mm -hmm. Uh, this one feels the most complete. Like, it's similar to that Galaxy port. Yeah. There's still the obvious, like, Wii menus and everything like that. Like, it's 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 all carried over one for one. But the the remapped controls, in my opinion, make the game a, a much better experience. Like, mm. they don't... It, it, it doesn't make it... You know, it, it, it makes it unique enough that it's not necessarily just a regular Zelda experience... Like having to do the things with the, like the R, uh, toggle and everything. Uh, it still feels unique enough that it's not just an Ocarina of Time style Zelda, but mm -hmm. it is so much smoother to play in this form. Yep. So. We still gotta get the tad tones. I gotta get the tad tones. I'm not at that part yet, but I I just reached the robots. <laughs> I like a lot of things about Skyward Sword. I like the characters, but it was just like the most linear of linear, and I did not like that. Even though Zelda back in the day was linear, it's hard to go back after Breath of the Wild now. It is. Yeah. And I and I'm interested to see. And where's my Wind Waker? <laughs> well, yeah. I think we all want to know where Wind Waker is. Uh, it's in the vault. But I I would be interested to see what people are. Like, people who were brought into the series through Breath of the Wild mm -hmm. would think playing through this. Because mm -hmm. it's... Part of me hopes that kind of like... Well, ideally, like Metroid, they they do, you know, Breath of the Wild... Like, that style keeps going, but then we'll get, like, scaled-down classic yeah. Zelda games no, occasionally. I, I get that too, but with Nintendo, I don't know if they'll go back... They never yeah. really do that unless it's a port or a remake. And ports are still something to look forward to. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. again, Wind Waker. I won't Waker, turn one down. Ocarina, Majora's fucking Mask, I think we would all mm. love to have again. Um, but yeah, I would be interested to see where people stand on that. But I, I'm assuming that timing-wise, we're going to get some Skyward Sword stuff in... Breath of the Wild 2, yeah. because even though it's a game that's been out for like, I don't know, what, 35 years <laughs> yeah. at this point? Whatever. Um, they First in the timeline, officially, Dan. Yeah, they <laughs> they still did put like a review embargo on the, the final yeah. boss and everything, 
So who knows? Maybe whatever is going on with Ganondorf is related to the the demise curse. Maybe we're getting some Sky Island resolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the birds aren't extinct. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm assuming that's what the timing of this plays out to. Um, but I can only hope for more ports. Well, I'm happy you're happy, and I'm happy your wrist will manage to stay on. Another. Yeah. Year yeah. or so. I don't, I don't gotta swing. I don't gotta risk throwing it into the TV. It's... I'll be sure to increase the drawing rate <laughs> on the pod to balance things out. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know. So I mean, I figured we were gonna discuss that. Uh, I don't think there's any other video game news that I have. Mm. But yeah, always a solid recommend from me. I like it, despite what the peanut gallery will say. I yeah. I think Skyward Sword is quality. But hop on your <laughs> loft wing and fly away. <laughs> It's Bruce. <laughs> Bruce. Well, um, time for a tangent. Yes. All right, and I've stepped up my tangent games, as I've said, so I'm going to present something new to you. Mm-hmm. This is like a who will win, except it's not who will win subreddit. It's our <laughs> own personal invention, which I titled Anime Was Not a Mistake, Raccoon Combate Jubilation, Jubilation Tournament. Yes. Uh, in which we're going to pit some famous anime characters against one another. And you're going to tell me, using your worldly knowledge and Pokemon degree, who would win. Okay. And why. Okay. All right. I've got three. You don't have to, like, lampoon them. You don't have to spend an hour and a half on each. Mm -hmm. Just some quick guttural thoughts. And the first one, since I was dealing with giant fighting mechs this week, and Dan has a perchant for giant (laughs) fighting Mm -hmm. mechs, we've got Megas XLR versus Chibity Crockett's American Gundam. Who would win, and why? Uh, Both represent America in different ways. I, I, with gut instinct, I gotta go with Megas XLR. That's where I was leaning to. I think he has more, I'm gonna say main power, main character power going on behind them too. Well, and and Chibity Cry is still, I mean, it's still still a Gundam. It's still, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it has those limitations, but Megas has like secret weapons and shit like if mm-hmm. coop hits a certain button it'll fucking like teleport the person out of the cockpit or whatever yeah. you know so I, I i think that with the right strat magus would come out on top so wouldn't be able to box magus <laughs> i fucking love wasn't Meg- there an episode where they boxed yeah there was yeah, yeah they, it was like a robot boxing th- yeah. or they or they entered it into like one of those battle bots competitions mm-hmm. and magus just like flicked them away yeah. or, or whatever that is such a great fucking show. I know, Dan. I know. We'll that have was... to bring that onto the pod. The homework factory has been destroyed. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, our next, uh, since we do love a dark wizard, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can only find one that we really knew about well, as opposed to one that I know about well. So we've got the Wizard Cobb, yes. <laughs> of course, mm-hmm. from Tales of Earthsea. Or the Tales of Earthsea, I don't remember. And then we've got my girl, Queen Beryl. Who you haven't seen do anything yet. I just want to get your your gut. I, I remember Wizard Cobb had control of slime and miasma and Queen Beryl so far. She's been sitting at her throne gathering power at uh, her orb. I, I got to assume Beryl mm. because if I remember correctly, the Earthsea magic had limits. Yeah. And I don't know what anime limits Beryl has on her, mm-hmm. so I would assume that she could... Because cause Cobb got, like, mildly 
I don't know, defeated, and then he turned into a slime eldritch thing. And so. then a dragon dropped him off a tower or something. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think he has as much control over what's going on <laughs> as Beryl does, so mm. I would assume that Queen Beryl would win in that I would that assume outcome. that, too, for reasons yet unseen, but she does drop a few things in the last few episodes, and you're like, oh, I guess you were a threat the whole time, too. Yeah. Um, so good choices so far. And then our last of the day, because I think this might be a... You know, something we can use again mm-hmm. in the combate tournament. We've got the Battle of the Boy Geniuses. One bad, one good. We've got Light Yagami from mm. Death Note versus Detective Conan. <laughs> oh. Who would win in the Battle of Wits and Wills? Now, remember, if Light Yagami knows Detective Conan's name, all he has to do is write him in the book. Yeah. But Detective Conan is a sharp little boy who's been through hundreds of mysteries and come out on the other side, so... Uh, also, Detective Conan might get a gun and just shoot light. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that uh, Detective Conan would come out. I think it depends on where you go, because as good boys, I would feel Detective Conan might come out on top. Because Conan would would have, like, protag power in that situation, because mm-hmm. light, light's the protagonist, but he's not the hero. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel... And again, uh... Light was ultimately defeated by a small boy. <laughs> yes, oh, this it, is true. I, I think that you know that that should be something considered as a blind spot. Mm. Um, that might be his crux, small boy. <laughs> yeah, small, small, strange boy. It might be. If his... I kill this small boy now, they'll know it's me. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm Kira. <laughs> so again, the name thing would would make it risky, but. As long as Light doesn't know he's facing I Detective also feel Conan. like Boy Detective Conan would also be like, that's Kira. Yeah. <laughs> it's very obvious. Yeah. yeah. He, he Arrest would, him. He would telegraph it. I mean, I mean, and he telegraphed it in front of, like, uh, like L. Yeah. But L, L yeah. was like, mm, I'm only yeah. 80, uh, 85% yeah. chance that you are. I'm gonna eat some cake instead and give it to my butler, Watari, who... Best character. Gone too soon. Yeah. R.I.P. Watari. Death Note's coming. We'll do Death Note one day. I think inevitably. I mean, I, yeah. yeah. I, it's it means it's something to both of us. So yeah. I think we'll. we'll I always remember it being longer than I expected, though. It's like two different anime because when that time skip hits, it, it's like a different show for a time. Yeah, and I think we're gonna have to acknowledge that because it definitely. I, I don't know. I think the the quality. You know, after the big midpoint thing yeah. happens, it kind of becomes. Not stupid, but it's it, like it they give you too less... many good twists that they yeah. you're like, oh, another, okay, yeah. And it's not a bad thing, but and it's a good show to analyze because the, there's a lot of those fucking gambits that mm-hmm. might not actually make any sense. Yeah. So yeah, I I mean we'll 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 get there at some point. All right. So oh. with that, our tangent has ended. Remember to keep some characters in mind for the Combate Jubilation tournament to continue on. But mm-hmm. overall, good talk. Good talk, Dan. So let's get out the drawing board today. And our drawing board is frozen in a space and time in between. So oh, no God. matter what we try to write <laughs> on him, he's just frozen. Still as a regular drawing board, some may say. Oh, no. <laughs> but I'll, I'll find a way to get him out of that time loop. Hope he isn't suffering too mentally. But <laughs> He's experienced... <laughs> How many years? 50 years. Oh my god. <laughs> Existential dread, here we come. So I've got a lot of notes on the episodes that we've got, and some that we've skipped, so bear with me. Uh, episode 33, in the American dub, uh, Joe states that he is traveling faster than the speed of gravity. In physics, there are theories that gravitational force can be measured in velocity, yet there are no conclusive statistics or evidence of the speed at this time. So, is it fake anime bullshit? 
You be the judge. Yeah, again, Grant's not here to disprove yeah. it, so. Um, Joe is most likely moving at or close to the speed of light as time passes at a much slower rate from his point of view, while others see it in real time as mere seconds or minutes. So poor Joe, he's going to have some suffering. Yes. He's going to have a double dose of suffering, these four episodes we're going to see. Uh-oh. Um, the plot of this episode is similar to the ending of the Twilight Zone episode, A Kind of Stopwatch, in which a man is stuck frozen in time and cannot interact with anybody due to his pocket watch that can stop time breaking good episode it is a good episode yeah and another good episode frozen time aired in japan one year before the justice league episode which Mm. i remember uh only a dream but aired one year after the same episode during cyborg 009 cyborg soldiers run in the united states of america so that's why we thought like oh some stealing was going on here from someone Mm -hmm. but maybe they influenced one another who knows it's also like you move fast that's kind of like a common fear to have yeah. That you'll yeah. break the space-time continuum and get frozen. Uh, one of the subplots from Only a Dream features The Flash having a nightmare wherein he ran so fast that everyone and everything around him appears to be permanently standing still, uh, which I distinctly remember and found horrifying. And that hasn't changed, so some things don't change, Dan. Yeah. Um, episode 0034, uh, we will not be skipping today. We will be watching because Dan got his... What did you get last time? You got your... Uh, Monster Island yeah, and... So, uh, it's, yeah. Uh, I I get my mummy episode. (laughs) Uh, This whole episode is a clear ref to King Tutankhamun because they parody it as Totem Carmen. That's the name. I'm like, "Mm, sounds about right. Uh, The tomb being rediscovered by Howard Carter and the infamous Mummy's Curse, which has existed in the cultural zeitgeist for over a century. Uh, For many years, rumors of a curse of the pharaohs, probably fueled by newspapers seeking sales at the time of the discovery, persisted, emphasizing the early death of some of those who had entered the tomb. Uh, A study showed that of the 58 people who were present when the tomb and sarcophagus were open, only eight died within a dozen years. But I am not... Uh, forsaking us, I do not want any curses placed on us on this podcast. Well, yeah, well, we're send not. the bad juju away. Don't, don't put me in a basket, Dan. Well, you know how put, I feel about Ouija boards. We get them out of the house. Kofagrigus is a friend of this mm, podcast. Friend of you, maybe. <laughs> Um, episode 35, we will be skipping, but it was a pretty good episode, though based on El Dorado, the ruin slash town structure shown here bears resemblance to the Peruvian city of, uh, Peruvian city of Olienta Tambo. Uh, during the Spanish conquest of Peru, the Inca people who lived there has su- successfully blocked a Spanish expedition from conquering the city. Uh, featuring in the city are a wall of stone monoliths, layered terraces, Temple Hill, and a fountain dubbed the Bath of the Princess. And this could be a shout out to one of the major characters of this episode, Ixkeek. Mm-hmm. Um, episode 36, also be skipping, but a- another okay episode that was like, if Dan was here, he wouldn't skip over this one. <laughs> I've, yeah, you know, yeah, so, I see giant snakes. Yeah, so. the okay. giant white snake shown here is probably based around the figure of Byzantine, uh, or sorry, Byzaiten, uh, a Japanese water goddess of fertility and flow, of rivers and waters, language and poetry, music, dance, and abundant wealth and good fortune. Uh, Byzaiten. Benzaiten. Benzaiten is the only female figure within the seven lucky gods known as the Shichi uh, Fukujin of Japanese Shintoism and most appears often as a white snake as her headdress uh, of dragons and serpents are her messengers and avatars and she herself can appear as a white snake. Uh, Benzaiten is one of Japan's most widely venerated deities Mm -hmm. still to this day. 
uh, Benzaiten sometimes, simply called Benten, is a syncretic goddess who blends elements from Hindu, Buddhist, and native Japanese Shinto beliefs. Also shown in the episode is the sacred gate slash shrine hiding the machine controls. Every major city in Japan has a shrine or temple dedicated to Benzaiten, often appropriately located nearby a body of water such as a lake, pond, river, or the sea, uh, and have survived throughout the generations. You could still see them today. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, all right, taking the past, put it into the future yeah. and the present. Yeah. Uh, episode 37, which we will be watching, the star festival that the episode is referring to is the Japanese holiday of Ta Tanabata, a uh, celebration which starts on July 7th and sometime uh, ends sometimes on August 7th due to the Gregorian and Japanese lunar calendar. So currently we're in the midst of it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So Yeah. Yay us! Uh, some of the customs of the celebration are Matsuri festivals and games, wearing traditional summer kimono and yukata, hanging tanzaku paper of a person's wishes on bamboo, and people telling the tragic love story of Orihime and Hikiboshi to audiences. Mm -hmm. uh, some Matsuri festivals of this holiday are celebrated in parts of the world outside of Japan, which have a large mixed Japanese population, such as Los Angeles, California, USA, or Brazil. Uh, in context... The, oh, the inspiration for Jirachi. Yes. The yeah. little wish Pokemon. Yeah. He's got little wish tags on him. Uh, in context, this original episode aired in 2002 during Tanabata in Japan, but held no such significance in America due to airing on the 28th of August in 20, 2004. Mm -hmm. So that's all the trivia. Oh, and Drawing Board has just emerged from his <laughs> space... In the time between, he's looking a little scarred, so we're going to give him a moment or two. Until, Clearly worse yeah. for wear. So, yeah. yeah, but uh, that's what we're getting to today. As I said, Dan, it's a few emotionally taxing episodes, mm -hmm. so strap in. One of them, still horrific, at least the Japanese dub that I watch. We're going to see how the Americans take over and mm -hmm. uh, handle that, but... Um, yeah, left me feeling empty, but yeah. good episodes all around. It, it sounds like an interesting mix, like more, you know, character stuff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I'm as always, I'm curious to see what happens. So, yeah. so make a wish on this bamboo <laughs> Wish that you'll remain emotionally intact after we're done with you here. I can only hope my shield durability is low. Mm. <laughs> see you after the break. <laughs> Well, audience, we're back, and your emotional trauma's ready. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, these four episodes, pretty good, if I have to say so myself. Um, did you have any thoughts? Well, no, just props for good picks, because this was a solid batch of episodes. Mm. I mean, I mean, I think without skipping too many, we run into a few goof episodes. I mean, we will inevitably yeah. run into them as we yeah. go, um, but... These were, this was a solid batch. Like, mm -hmm. there were, like, a lot of weird but cool things, and we actually, we finally got backstory on For a lot Dr. of stuff. Gilmore, yeah. So. Yeah, and we've got a lot to talk about with both the time travel episode and, yeah. you know, the the uh, Tantabata festival mm -hmm. episode, which has a lot of fan theories and questions that I hope to bring up during our notes. Good. Uh, and we had mummies for, uh, that was oddly topical. 
Yes. Yeah. But three does get to do stuff in yeah, that, so I would is, assume that's why yeah. you kept it. Yeah. But overall, I think it's good. Remember, if we're keeping schedule, we have to skip one more episode in the long run of things. Mm-hmm. So really, it's just a race till the end now. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to get to the majority of the rest of the series, which I haven't seen. So I'm completely unaware as to what happens. I it comes to me in flashes. I know loosely where we're going. Mm-hmm. Like like certain points that we have yet to hit. Like next next time we meet, I remember that arc okay. and everything. And I for some reason I remembered this Pharaoh episode. Odd. Um, but and and the backstory too. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean we're we're approaching I think another plot heavy arc. Mm-hmm. So we only have nearly ten episodes left. Yeah. So we're getting there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into episode 33, Frozen Time. And oh boy, I remember this one because it filled me with such dread as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, Before we even started, I said, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to affect me. And I will say the Japanese version does a way better job at handling the emotionality of this. And uh, I don't know, Joe's VA in the original Japanese is much more powerful. Mm-hmm. It just affected me a little bit different. It didn't come across as strong in the English dub. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying that going in, but overall still a good episode. Yeah. And good backstory for Joe that's very unnerving with the way he reacts to this scenario thrust upon him. So we begin in a crowded Tokyo street. A driver is falling asleep at the wheel transporting... It's like gas yeah, or tanks. Some kind of explosive. Or, yeah, I, yeah, it's definitely... Well, it's a liquid. I think it's just I think it's literally just gas canisters or yeah. something. So. Uh, 007 is eating some dumplings, asking 006 for a to-go order for Dr. Gilmore and 003. As Gilmore is back at the lab working on routine maintenance of 009's system, and 003 is taking care of 001 because she is the only woman, apparently. But we'll get to that, and it's kind of addressed in the next episode we watch anyway. But I just don't like the way they treat 003. No, yeah. It's like, who would make my coffee? Well, at least they remembered the baby this time. So. Yeah. Um, and this is leaving 007 to eat, assist at the restaurant, and then observe a little girl who's at her table. Yeah. He's some shenanigans occur. Horrifically transforming his face into what we can assume are in-universe cartoon animals well there's the hippo that we just lost <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was but, like way to mock your enemies huh well, yeah he absorbs their faces afterwards but mm. yeah um, making her laugh but he's entertaining this little girl and her father turns around like what the hell are you doing yeah why is that that bald guy at the bar smirking at my tears <laughs> oh um, the driver from before, still falling asleep at the wheel, is shown, and then back at the ranch, Dr. Gilmore is performing maintenance on 009's accelerator, 003 tends to 001 playing Waltz, uh, the Waltz by Strauss, which is the Blue Danube, it's down the Blue Danube, very mm-hmm. famous, and she's like, ah, oh, I'm a ballerina, I like this, it's yeah. pretty. Well, her little wind-up thing, again, yeah. so, music uh, box. Dr. Gilmore asks for a coffee, to which I say, get it your damn self, you had enough years <laughs> in your backstory. Excuse me, 003. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to figure out how to make a cup of coffee, Dr. Gilmore. Uh, 009 will still sleep some more, uh, maybe a day or two after this operation. In case anything happens, I better write something down. To which I say, I don't trust Dr. Gilmore anymore, because why didn't he say that before? Yeah, well, I, it, it's one of those, like, I don't want to... I don't want to call anyone stupid, but it's like one of those idiot plot moments, like where the, the like one character... You know, them just simply saying something could have alleviated the situation, but, yeah. uh, you know. Maybe I, he's getting old. Uh, well, yeah. 
But uh, we also, we get some insight into him at the end of today's badge, mm-hmm. so it's like, I don't know, we'll, we'll discuss that when we come to it, but yeah. he, he he might not, he's, he's not a perfect dude, so. Yeah. Nobody's perfect, but he's gotta work it. <laughs> uh, the sleeping driver approaches just as the little girl and her family leave Chang's restaurant. The girl is given balloon by a street clown, already creeped out here, and uh, as this immense accident occurs with this truck driver plowing through this crowded pedestrian street, right? Yeah. Uh, the girl approaches the truck and goes, wow. Yeah, as, wow! As the flammable material is leaking out. Uh, 007 runs out to save this girl, Arisa. As her mom runs there, her dad is just like, stop that. And is like slightly more behind. I was like, this dad just is like... Yeah. The mom's no. going for you. Yeah. The mom's trying to save her, but... Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, this uh, truck catches fire, it seems like things are going to blow, and just as the explosion hits, that would take out, you know, Arisa, her mom, and the pedestrian standing nearby, time freezes and the screen goes blue. Yes. Yep. Um, Back at the lab, we see that throughout Tokyo, all of our characters are shown, and 009 wakes up, he dresses and goes upstairs, and thinks that something's wrong with his hearing, because it's gone eerily quiet, no background music, no sound effects going on here. Something's up. And it's used effectively. The yeah. silence is used, like, appropriate. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes sense for the episode. Oh, yeah. So. I put down next to my note that the sound design is really nice this episode because we're in this still void of silence. Yeah. And they do a good job of that. Uh, Joe tries switching off his accelerator but can't. And then he immediately begins panicking. So you would think, like, maybe it would take a little bit more time for the panic to set in. But I guess Joe is just like, oh, no, my biggest fear has become a reality. Yeah. Um... Wish Dr. Gilmore would have said something to him earlier. Yeah, well, and then we'll get into it in a second, but he should say some, but, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, even the tides outside of the house have stopped, and Joe wonders if he'll be trapped like this his entire life. Um, he does see that 003 is upstairs, but he's unable to interact with her, and he nearly, like, reaches out a hand to touch her, but doesn't do it then, mm-hmm. which is a good thing, because we realize that he creates so much friction that lightweight objects combust. Yeah. So, no touchy. <laughs> well, yeah, any force he puts on anything at all. I mean, I don't know if that still would apply to the the other cyborgs, but he, you know, he, he could hurt, hurt them, anyone. Yeah. So. Um, and he questions, does one second mean forever? Uh, he goes downtown to see that everything is frozen. Piecing together a mystery, we see, like, a woman dropping a glass, another woman slapping him. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's going on here? Sees Chang outside, scattering pot stickers. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, hmm, something's up. And then 007, you look confused. And then, oh, there's a huge explosion right here. Yeah. That I little girl is that. often near, is little, uh, you know, she's near it. Yeah. Did she cause the explosion? <laughs> <laughs> no, that woman's pushing that little girl into that explosion, man. <laughs> uh, but then we realize that Joe has special clothes created by Dr. Gilmore that are frictionless. Yes. Allows him to walk through time and space at a rapid speed without combusting himself. Um, and Joe's like, well, what can I do here? I can't touch anyone, so I need to find a solution my own way. Uh, he tries to punch a water tank, but the water is also frozen in time, um, and saving them without touching them. He calms down a bit, picks up a metal, piece of metal which overheats in his hand, but he's able to rip it off wherever it's hanging, Mm -hmm. and then uses that metal pipe to dig some holes unseen, so we don't know what Joe does until the end of the episode. But, uh, he tells 007 not to worry anymore and he like walks off somber as he would in this situation because what are you gonna do yeah um joe back at dr gilmore's lab house whatever you want to call it thinks about touching francois but reconsiders uh he then screams in sorrow and then in the japanese dub this was like horrifying 
here it was like oh someone's upset yeah um days go by and living in the same time but not the same space then we get 10 days have passed the accelerator's still not working but 003 has blinked so 10 days is the equivalent of one second or that they're slightly catching up now horrifyingly yeah Yeah. um and uh he goes a little crazy joe he starts laughing madly going like did i imagine that she blinked in the first place what's going on here he thinks he overhears 003 but then it's just his mind playing tricks on him so he's still all alone in this and begs for someone to move then we flash forward again it's been one month of solitude which dan was like "Eh, i'd be fine with yeah i still say he said (laughs) in quotes i would come over here chuck your amiibos at one another and then scare you i would do a a quicksilver that's what you would do i would position all of them so that they would be drifting and then so that way when time unstops push me down the stairs That ad- <laughs> for what, Dad? For eating crow that one episode? You like, would do that? Raise your drink to your face and then <laughs> flick it so that in super <laughs> speed it latches. <laughs> so that it just hits you and then all the amiibos hit you like, what the, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> no explanation. <laughs> you would just get your kicks, huh? Um, but after a month of solitude, Joe sees an airplane in the sky only slightly moving. Uh, and Dr. Gilmore is writing something directed at Joe but hasn't got out a sentence yet. So, what could it mean, Dr. Gilmore? I should have written faster. (laughs) We should have told him beforehand. Uh, 003 speaks to 009. Oh, this is the point where it's just a hallucination. Her eyes are open up again. Uh, More time and Joe feels even more alone here. Uh, The plane, suddenly, while he's outside contemplating, begins to accelerate. And he calls for the plane, like, come back, come back. Like, he's clearly mad. Like... Like, if that plane misses me, then it's the only thing that's moving right now. He doesn't yeah. realize that the rest of time is speeding up as well. 003 comes outside, asks what's wrong, and 009 hugs 003. The accelerator has updated or fixed itself. Um, back in town, Arisa and her mother, the driver, and bystanders are saved by the dug holes that Joe did and the pouring water tank, which extinguishes the vehicle. Um, back at Dr. Gilmore's lab, the gang reflect on this miracle, as they call it in the Japanese, when it's clearly like... Joe and Dan was like, he's not going to tell anyone, is he? And that's yeah. like the most shocking thing of all. Well, no, legit, because this is a serious design thing that I yeah. think Gilmore should know about in case, like, you know, he can advise him as to what to do in that situation. But I don't know. He doesn't. Joe's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> you must have a guardian angel. Wink. <laughs> so, <laughs> But Dr. Gilmore says, I guess I don't need to give you this note. But Joe's curious and goes like, what's on? And he says, well, since I updated your accelerator, it was going to fix itself. I should have told you beforehand, but I figured if something went wrong, I can write out a note quick enough. But yeah. He didn't. And then Joe laughs for way too long a period. Yeah. And the rest are just like, what happened here? And that's the most unsettling thing to me. Yeah. Like, can you imagine living for that long a time? I mean, I understand why he doesn't want to, like, put that emotional toll on everyone else, but suffering in silence yourself has to be... Yeah, no, again, he should be talking about... Like, I feel like it's it's even out of character for him not to bring that up. Yeah. I don't I don't know, but, uh, you know... I don't know, because it seems like something that could happen again. Yeah. The next time he gets recalibrated, it could, like... I think if he is ever getting recalibrated again, he's gonna be like... Yeah, I, I would hope. <laughs> is it gonna be the same as last time? Bring along a, I don't know, a Metal Reader's Digest or something. <laughs> yeah, or just some kind of non-combustible marker, maybe? Yeah, I don't... 
I don't know, but the episode ends with Joe crying tears of joy outside that he's reunited reunited with everyone again. So poignant end for Joe Shimamura in this yeah. episode. Um, episode 0034, The Pharaoh's Curse. So we open on Camel in Egypt. <laughs> do, 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 do. It's yeah. $12 in Cairo. <laughs> American oh. dollars. Oh, yeah. Zero zero nine zero zero three and Dr. Gilmore Tour Museum. Like I said in the original, the Pharaoh's name are, is Totem Carmen. Mm-hmm. But in the American dub, apparently they've gotten all the names historically accurate. So it is Tutankhamun. And the people who discovered the tomb are the same people. Yeah. So I apologize if I butcher anyone's names. There's a lot of name changings. Uh, 1922, dug up and well-preserved. In Japan, we meet Dr. Hajar, who's changed to Dr. Herschel here. Um, One of Dr. Gilmore's many friends greets them, taking them to the tomb of Tutankhamun's, uh, the king's mummy, and... Are they... They are still in Egypt, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're in... Because the... The rest of the goobers are still, they, like, they're in, like, the the dolphin is in yeah. Egypt also, so they're, and I think the next episode, wait, no. No, I, yeah, but I, I just, I do think they're actually in Egypt. I know they're not back at Japan this whole yeah. time, so. No, did I say Japan? Yeah, yeah, oh. they're in, they're in just a museum no, they're, they're in, in Egypt, Cairo. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, they're observing the king's mummy, that's what, uh, Dr. Herschel was there for, he's kind of, like, giving them a checkup, uh, the king and the queen mummy. That have been discovered. The king was poisoned at 18. Uh, 003 feels sorrow and learns that he was in an arranged marriage to... I don't know if they said their name, uh, but Queen Catherine Lama was the name that was thrown here. I don't think that's historically accurate. I would assume that's like a corruption of what her actual name yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, she sees that the queen is holding a safflower a that still holds some color to it. And we learn that like, oh, I assume that it could be a happy marriage. But they died separately, so it's kind of like a late, great, long-lost love yeah. throughout the ages and death. But they were still thinking of each other, and 003 reflects on that. Uh, back to back at Herschel's, Herschel's lab, or, sorry, back at Dr. Herschel's archaeology digs, uh, we learn that uh, Herschel checks mummies and not worried about the curse. Dr. Gilmore brings that up. And apparently, like, you know, the real world curse that we discussed in the earlier intro ner- mm-hmm. notes doesn't really bother Herschel at all. Like, yeah. it doesn't really phase him in that way. But Dr. Gilmore is very superstitious, despite being a, dis- a scientist and is worried about the curse anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Gilmore oversleeps the next day. What is he doing here? I know he's old, but it's like, <laughs> as Chang brings up in, like, the tease for next episode, it's like, why is Dr. Gilmore constantly following us around? I'm young and active. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know, he's, again, he's complicated. Yeah. Uh, 009 explains that Dr. Herschel and his crew have become very sick overnight. Uh, could this be the curse of Tutankhamun? Uh, 009 finds Dr. Herschel's journal detailing an unusual bacterium, too soon, I put down, mm-hmm. uh, that's been discovered from uh, Tutankhamun's autopsy. And they're going to label this the Pharaoh's virus. Uh-oh, wear a mask. Uh, the original archaeologist who discovered the tomb, Dr. Carter, was somehow unaffected. 003 notices that he's wearing the same red Egypt safflower in the photo in all his photos. Yes. So this could provide uh, possible context to why he's not six. Uh, sick. Uh, uh, totem, Car- sorry, Tutankhamun was buried with. Uh, Dr. Carter is the only one with this flower on him at all times. And Dr. Gilmore instructs the cyborgs, kind of like... Out of the scientific process, he's like, well, it must be the flower that... Yeah. <laughs> Get me as many of these flowers as we can, and we can make an antidote immediately. 
Yeah, and there was something else where... I, well, I don't know. I think a lot of... Because I was thinking red flower, blue thorns, but that's... Mm. that Or blue flower, red thorns. Yeah. But there's a lot of other movies where the flower is the cure for something. But. Yeah. I was thinking Land Before Time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, this may ward off the virus. Please go. And then he's like looking out the window as 003 and 009 are rushing to like this tourist destination that has a supposed field of these sad flowers and going like Godspeed cyborgs. Yeah, yeah lest he lose another friend with a Dr. Wiley yeah, haircut. Another so. lover. <laughs> uh, looking for these sad flowers, the cyborgs are informed by um, a local that strange men took them all uh, suddenly and like moved them somewhere else. Uh, those who went to that tomb haven't returned, and then we get a connection with the strange man, who in the Japanese dub is called Sabo Arabala, and here he's Sahid Arabala. So, yeah, mm. yeah, I, 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 I just yeah. kept it Sabo for the One Piece reference, but eh, mm. uh, but <laughs> he is a previous coworker of Doctor Herschel, and all the cyborgs are now on the case. We see them investigating throughout Cairo. Looking for where these potential flowers could be. Um, I put down my notes, don't show boomers this episode, because yeah. they're going to be convinced a certain virus was delivered. Yeah, put this episode on Facebook and see what happens. That's the plan. It was uh, an evil scientist. Uh. Uh, in an underground lab, the flowers are being tested to mass produce the ferrovirus, which is going to make them billions in a vaccine. Oh, okay, because I'm, I'm reading yeah. ahead here. That would... So is it the president of the Alexander Company? Yes, it's not the president, president of, of Egypt. Egypt. No, <laughs> okay. but there is a president. But there is a president of Egypt. Yes, I just because we never because every time someone is interfering in one of these countries, the cyborgs go to. It's always like a rogue military. It's yeah. never like an actual politician. So I'm like, okay, but he's I, he's the president of this. Evil yeah. company. Yeah. Then. And yeah. then Saeed, who must have, like, defected from his country, is like, all hail our new president. E e I, yeah. Does I he have immunity, I guess? I don't know. But he must have cut a good deal out of this. Uh, 003 and 009 and 008 and Dr. Gilmore and the rest are uh, observing in their dolphin slash Fisher Price model dolphin. Yeah, the Scooty Puff Jr. Yeah. And she sees that uh, Sahid is schmoozing in a plane and that a bomb has the virus contained within it that they're assumingly going to drop on Cairo and they have to be stopped. Uh, 009, 008 rush out to get the job done, but 003 goes, no, I want to do this alone. So I was like, is she going to do something? Is she going to do something? And she does, yep. Dan! She does! She gets shit done. She girl bosses it. Um, actually doing things, yes. Um... Uh, uh, was gonna skip, but now I can't because she was doing things in this episode, and I was very proud of her. Yeah. Um, on board the plane, zero zero three senses the contagion bomb and then kicks some ass. Like she's held at gunpoint, but she manages to, you know, knock this one spaceball esque soldier. Well, yeah, they all look like the spaceballs troops. Yeah, the, on his yeah. ass, and then you know, incapacitate the others, and she sees like a metal door that. She struggles to get open, but she does, as, mm -hmm. like, the main evil baddies are like, Ooh, only 30 more feet. <laughs> 30 seconds until we can drop the bomb. We're gonna make millions. Yeah. Um, but she does reach the bomb as the Scooty Puff distracts them on the outside <laughs> with Joe. Uh, she manages to disarm the bomb just as it's dropped, and she starts plummeting supposedly to her doom. Joe Scooty Puffs in, swoops in and catches her. Yeah. And then the other people, like the, the meanies, are like, why didn't it go off? Oh, it's been disarmed. And then 008 pulls up and the dolphin is like, pull over, otherwise we're going to shoot you down. <laughs> 
over a populated area, but they don't. So, yep. Yeah. And everyone's happy that the bomb didn't go off. Uh, Dr. Gilmore now having the right to deliver and control the profiting of the safflowers is like, give it back to the land. Who put you in charge, Dr. <laughs> Gilmore? Uh, but all his friends are cured. Uh, Dr. Gilmore gets a conjugal visit, which is fun. <laughs> and, and the other cyborgs are seen planting and handing out safflowers throughout all of Cairo as 003 is like, wow, love has spanned the decades. Yeah, doesn't Gilmore say something else stupid at the- I, I, I forget if he- I guess the curse is lifted. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I was gonna- I, it should have been a pun. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I guess the curse is as good as di- no. Yeah, that might. I don't. That might have been it. I can't. Can though. Can all be gems. Yeah. <laughs> but cute episode for zero zero three, nonetheless. So the, the yeah the fucking Pokemon. The mystery is history. I don't. Yeah. Go on. Go this on. Is why are you weren't allowed to talk on the episodes you don't host in? <laughs> Anyways, the episode we skipped. Uh, episode zero zero three five. The city of wind. Um, basic plot, I'm gonna just try to read through my notes for this. So, there's an expedition looking for the lost city of gold, El Dorado. Uh, there is a mysterious girl heard singing the voice of wi- of a witch on the wind. Uh, Alan, I think they changed it, but 000007's friend, Alan, is, like, leading an expedition. And this is in America, but it's totally in South America, Yeah, is my thing. It's like, this doesn't match up at all. But, uh... He's leading this exposition. He is a duke, and, like, him and his Sherpas are consumed by sand after hearing this mysterious girl singing. Uh, the cyborgs are camped out here, too. I put question mark North America, even though it's clearly based in Peru or another South American locale. Uh, 007 is looking for Duke Allen because he's a producer that funded his shows. So it's like, that's yeah. where the money and friendship lies, I guess. Now he's gotten into archaeology, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Alan constantly dreamed of El Dorado and discovering it, which wouldn't be in America, but whatever. Uh, the exploration team disappeared without a clue. Uh, the wind echoes through ruins. 005, who should have gotten the main point in this episode again. It's the third like episode that they could have given to 005. Oh, yeah. But didn't at all. Yeah. Because he's in touch with nature, and that's the entire plot of the episode. They gave it to Joe. They're like, here, Joe, have another one. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of pissed me off. But 005 comments that when the Spanish came, the Incans were killed and or vanished, as did their golden culture. Uh, 003 abilities are weakened here due to the wailing winds and the sand. So that's an important plot. Uh, the next day, they continue to search for any clues. 004 finds an injured explorer who moans about a woman coming from a golden pyramid. He dies. <laughs> so body count's already high. Uh, 009 thinks that the sound is the wind echoing through the rocks nearby and stumbles upon the singing woman and the golden pyramid. Uh, the woman cries, sings 009. Her name is Ixkeek, and she is the princess of this land. Joe shares his name. Ixkeek has been waiting for Joe, or so she says. Uh, 003 gets a flash of the rest of the bodies from the expedition team, all dead, and Ixkeek talks with Joe about waiting for the creators to return. Uh, no one has ever come. There's a lot of lonely parallels between episode 33, which is why I guess they gave that to Joe. Like, I've been trapped in yeah. kind of like a time. Waiting. Yeah. yeah. Ghastly, as long as I, you know, stand on this cliff, ghastly. It waiting. all comes back to that. Yeah. So. Um, but uh, they stay there. No one has ever come. Uh, and she begs Joe to take, like, her back into the real world, but... They really, like, can't do that. There's, like, a barrier there. Uh, 007, and the rest mourn the dead. He recites from Cymbeline, as I didn't realize in the American dub, he quotes a lot of Shakespeare. So I guess he is a Shakespearean actor, but it's, like, the most overdone Shakespeare quotations. So, (laughs) 
he could be a little original there um uh 003 tries to reach out to 009 but is unable to do so knight has fallen on joe and xkeek and then giant footsteps are heard it's a cobra Khan, <laughs> the giant incan mecha golem robot that i was like well if dan was in charge oh you know it yeah, yeah. could have gotten Mega Man references in yeah, yeah but xkeek tries to stop cobra Khan, and joe is transported back to his world calling out to xkeek uh he reunites with the group and it is revealed that this is all an illusion uh 007 uh is bitter thinking that xkeek killed the exploration party and like he gets kind of pissy and i didn't like this character development for him like he's like oh screw this girl like we should just kill her like literally he's like we should just kill this woman that killed everyone else i was like where did this come from over duke (laughs) allen (laughs) that's where you're gonna draw the line yeah i that that is that is weird it, uh. it was very weird. Um, but 004 and 003 are a bit skeptical too. Joe tries to retrace his steps. 005 finds Cobracon's footsteps, which are huge. Uh, 003's power is weakened, and all are drawn into the Golden Pyramid through the wind and sounds from the rocks yet again. Ixik sings again. 009 is entranced. 007 demands an answer, like holds her at like gunpoint. Is like, I will kill you if you don't give me a good enough reason. It's a very out of left field. I was like, where did this come from? Yeah. But whatever uh invaders coming to claim the gold so that's what xkeek says is like through the past i was here along with cabracon my giant mecha golem robot in order to protect this land and lead like explorers astray or get them trapped but at the same time preserve the incan culture yeah so it's like kind of backwards forwards but it makes sense when watching the episode as i said 007 pulls a gun on xkeek which isn't very good for him but whatever uh the wind blew and caused the men to see the pyramid the team's greed sans duke allen led to their destruction as they tried taking every piece of gold not bolted down uh the creators hid the pyramid in xkeek leaving her terribly lonely to guard this creation for them uh and she is hinted at to be some sort of machine or cyborg that can't leave this place. Yeah. Um, just as a constant guardian. Uh, 003 hears Cabracon approaching, the guardian of the pyramid. Uh, despite trying to stop it, this golem killed the exploring party. Um, uh, Xkeek tried to stop it. Uh, the cyborgs fight the automaton. Xkeek begs Joe to stay. He saves Xkeek from being squashed, and she takes a laser blast for Joe. Hmm. And then dies. Um, and it's revealed that she is a cyborg, too. Because she has uh, mechanical innards. Uh, 005 chucks 004 into Cabracon's weak point, destroying it. Um, Xkeek was set to auto-repair, but she fades into static with the pyramid. Uh, 007 is yet again disgusted. Like, he doesn't even let this go by. He's just like, I'm ashamed that, like, I couldn't kill her along the lines. Like, I'm glad she's dead. That's really bizarre. Yeah. I, hmm. I Like, I wrote it down multiple times. That's how bizarre it was. Yeah. Like, I, I had to emphasize that. Um, and I put down ill because you're also a cyborg. Can't you relate to her predicament? Like, she didn't choose to be there. Yeah, especially since he's, like, the trickster illusion one. Yeah. Like, you would think that would be an opportunity for them to, like, build a bridge. But yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. That's it just weird. left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, but the Incans made her do this and defend and remember their history, which I thought was a good plot point. 
Uh, the group were saddened by the use of cyborgs. Guess she's dead now. End. <laughs> End of episode. Um, I skipped this because while Exkeek has a somber cyber story, um, it's more 009 sadless, sadness plots that we have seen before and we'll see again. Um, I put down another missed opportunity to get 005 deeply involved in the natural elements of this episode. And then 007 comes across as a bit of a vitriolic asshole. Which yeah. I did not like. Um, I know it's over the loss of his friends and life, but lacks sympathy for Ixik, who is in a similar role to the cyborgs with Black Ghost, so... Yeah, it, I don't know, it just feels like a missed opportunity on a lot of fronts there. Mm-hmm. L- like, maybe Seven learning something about lies and deception or self-aggrandizement. Like, I, I'm I don't, just uh, thinking Duke uh, Allen gave him a very big paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Hmm. He got me that movie deal, Dan. <laughs> Um, episode 0036, uh, The Frozen Land, also skipping this. So, basic plot. A giant white boa, or snick, is seen, <laughs> uh, to live, is said to live in a frozen glacier. Two boys venture into a cave and find the serpent just chilling there. <laughs> uh, seeing footprints in the affirmation giant snake. They run away. Uh, elsewhere in Japan, there is an incredible drought slash heat wave. Too real again, which is what we're experiencing now throughout the world. Um, a team analyzes the glacier, uh, where some serrated appendages slice, causing this research team to fall into a crevasse. Uh, 009-006 and Dr. Gilmore head to the mountains to investigate this expanding glacier. Uh, the running boys crash into the team and warn the cyborgs and Doctor. Uh, one of the boys' fathers sells mushrooms to Chang. Uh, the other boy's father, Sako Kanzo, is a famous painter. Seems stern and apprehensive of God's cave where the serpent sleeps. Or Kami's cave. They're like, don't. no one goes in there because the big serpent lives in there. Mm-hmm. So, don't go in there. Uh, this painter father moved to a remote place for the fresh air and to help his painter's artist block. Uh, the white boa is seen getting angry and lashing out at the world around it. So, is are we disturbing the natural world? Is something odd here? What's going on? Uh... Dr. Gilmore is fucking panting after climbing this mountain <laughs> to investigate, like, really bad. Like, maybe, Joe, you can carry him at normal speed or something? Because I was like, and Chang brings it up, which is funny, like, in the teaser, like, why is he here? <laughs> He's like, just like, I'm gonna die! <laughs> gotta carry Madame Gilmore up the mountain. <laughs> oh, my, Madame Zaroni up the mountain. Oh, Madame Gil, I see yeah. what you did there, yeah. Uh, but fissures appear caused by a shadowed... So, like, the, the, there's more people here. There's a shadowed horned figure mm-hmm. that's also here. And Sako Kanzo is there painting, thinks that the shadow is the broken phenomenon. When on the mountains... When on the mountain, one shadow seems larger than it would normally appear. Like, he think it's, thinks it's mm-hmm. that, and it's like, oh, it must explain, but what about the horns? I don't know. Uh, Sako takes the team to his cabin with a series of morbid paintings. Uh, things in this world and phenomenon that humans are not meant to know, Sako paints them. Uh, Sako Kanzo receives a mysterious phone call as Dr. Gilmore Chang and Joe investigate the cave, and the, sna- the snake slinks behind them. Even though it's huge, it's like you would hear this giant <laughs> snake slinking behind you. They're just walking into the cave. Um, in this plotline, which I do not care about, a car is on the Konzo premises, and some people shoot at Konzo's dog and kid when an exchange for money happens. Very odd, but the dog is fine, Dan, so... Okay. That's all Good. that matters. Yeah. No more Kubikoro. <laughs> no more Kubikoros. <laughs> uh, in the cave, a black ghost-style machine is shown taking energy from the mountain, causing flooding, droughts, and overall amp destruction throughout the nation. Uh, I don't know how this science works exactly. <laughs> Where's Grant? Yeah. It's like thermal nuclear energy, but 
I just don't understand. Or geothermal it. or whatever the yeah. or a cell machine that whatever I, the fuck his lab was doing. Yeah. I, I just don't know. Uh but the giant snake sneaks up behind the team, and the snake is surprise, surprise, a giant robot. As is the way. Uh Dr. Gilmore tries to get a handle on the machine, like literally like, oh my god, I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh 009 throws its missiles, the snake's missiles back at it, and Chang burns his exterior. Uh, the snake sends a signal to melt the cave, causing a rapid flood that could submerge Tokyo. Kanzo is shown with a sniper rifle trying to take out the professor. <laughs> like, Jesus. and we have no explanation aside for that money deal. Uh, 009 runs and like, is like, stop shooting at the old man, Kanzo, <laughs> in the nick of time. And then Kanzo's son, Matsu, steps in at the last moment. Kanzo gets a full 180, like, hero moment where he tries running as giant horn robots emerge from the ground. Uh, these were the shadows slash mandibles seen before in the episode, and Kanzo runs into a shrine where he smashes a button that causes the flooding water to freeze. Kanzo's lack of sales spurned him to work in the mountains maintaining this machine for Black Ghost, and the group wonder about Black Ghost's greater po- purpose. So they bribed Kanzo to caretake this machine. Yeah. Because he wouldn't have any paintings, but he was willing to risk it all. Hmm. Just to protect his... I don't even know, like... The painting place? Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's just a very... I said I skipped this one because the plot is really weird, Dan, if it didn't make any sense to you. A lot of elements that come out of nowhere and aren't really explained well. It felt like a jumbled storyline with no clear direction. On that note... Yeah. Because I apologize for pausing, Yeah. but uh, <laughs> I forgot to bring it up in our intro, but... It will never be relevant, more relevant, because it also has a serpent and an underground city. I told you, uh, for all the, for the people listening out there, uh, if you have Amazon Prime, Mm. the movie Atragon is up. It is a Toho (laughs) classic kaiju movie, I meant to talk about it in the intro, Mm. but it also has an underground weird science (laughs) city, uh, with a giant snake guarding it. And uh, technology used to get into it. So, hmm. solid recommendation. It will never be relevant again, but... We may good... have skipped those episodes, <laughs> but Dan recommends watching this, too. But a, yeah, but sure. a good... a good uh, That probably would have been a twist of fate had I had this batch. Because y- you gotta, with giant snakes, but... Making it, me it, think uh, of a wish for the Tanabata Festival right now, Dan. But I want to plug that movie because I forgot to do so, but... Hmm. Unpaused time. Let's resume. <laughs> well, thank you, Dan. Uh, episode 003737, The Night of the Star Festival. Really interesting and fan plot heavy episode. Yes. That uh, there are a lot of theories that I want to hear you talk about as well, so feel free to stop me as I recap this. But um, this is another 009 slash Joe centric episode, and it's hailed as one of the series' most poignant one offs. Um, we begin with a little girl speaking. Don't forget that we made a promise. And some of the cyborgs at Dr. Gilmore's, uh, I'm not going to say mansion, but house, are celebrating Tanabata, tying wishes to bamboo. Uh, 003, 001, 006, 007, and Dr. Gilmore explain the basics of the festival. And 006 details that the tradition was passed from China to Japan, and, like, it's kind of expanded throughout the world in different cultures, too. It's celebrated, even though it's, like, you know, about finding your Starquest lover, whatever, in Japan. It has more to do with pandas in China. (laughs) Uh, there are going to be shooting stars on the 7th of July, and 001 explains that 009 will be somewhere watching the stars. Uh, 009 is off traveling alone, unlike him, but he's working off things. And then, in the American translation of this, it's it turns into, like, 007's writing a tale of two cities, 
and him and 006 are just sniping one another like an old married couple again. Yeah. More comedic relief in this episode. Um, but we see Joe is traveling on trains, soul searching. Uh, he gets off in a country town, uh, relying on an inner feeling to stop there. Uh, there he sees a little girl who questions like, oh, you're all grown up now and your body's filled out more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did we, and Joe's like, did we meet before? This girl says that she knows Joe since he was a kid um, and that she will be his partner today. It's kind of a date, but kind of not because I'm a kid. Just like mm-hmm. accompany me. Um, she says like two black men in black are following me wherever I go. Joe is like initially like, I'm concerned. Where do you live? Like I should take you home. If you're, like, saying these stories, I don't want you to get in any danger. Yeah, like, well, she, she's, you know, like, oh, well, I guess I can go alone, but then you'll feel guilty about it, so. <laughs> pulls a Jonathan card on yeah. Dan. It'd be a shame if I fell down these stairs and broke my hip, Dan. I guess I'll help. <laughs> I never dance again. <laughs> uh, but Joe agrees to walk her home, but it's also like, where do you live? Oh, on the other side of that mountain, 50, 50 miles off. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I guess I agreed, but whatever. Um, and then she's like, I don't live there, but we have a date to keep there. So Dan's like tossing theories, like, is she a ghost? Is this a cemetery? Yeah, I, well, that's, that's was my immediate assumption was that she was a ghost. She knew him when he was a kid and they were going to walk back to her grave Mm -hmm. in the mountain cemetery or something. But I was off. Yeah. Question mark? I mean, it's Uh, still, it's never been fully explained, but I think we can piece together a greater mystery here. Uh, the girl reveals her name to be Alice, so you're like, alright, Alice in Wonderland, we got it. Or at least that's what she wants to be called, she doesn't like her given name. Uh, which could be a cyborg name, which could be a family relation name, I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on here. Um, the little girl knows Joe's full name, which is Joe Shimomura, and knows everything about him, but can't really explain why. Uh, the two men in black are seen in the distance. The pair stop for ice cream. And I put down good summer cinematography vibes here. No, this is a beautiful episode. Yeah. Like, the whole Japan and summertime the vibe cicadas, is, is yeah. captured perfectly. The lighting is done really well. Mm-hmm. It's colorful. It's like... But there's like a heavy yeah. ambiance like to it. Like the 004 episode, there's not too much talking. Yes. Either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. There's a lot of ambiance there. Uh, Joe says he kinda has a girlfriend, doesn't really have an official girlfriend, to which I put 003 is like, hmm? <laughs> And Alice asks if she could be his girlfriend too. This causes Joe to drop his ice cream, but uh, it's cute. Alice pulls out a camera and takes a picture of Joe as her hat blows into the, uh, the nearby river that they're walking over a bridge over. Uh, Joe wades in to get it as the two black men try to grab Alice. Joe... Finger nudges one off the bridge and the other runs away, but we just saw that, like, the river was... I'm glad you noticed that, too. The river was, like, up to his ankles. Yeah. So that guy just would have hit concrete. And died, but he's fine (laughs) in the next scene. Uh, Alice says that she never lies, but those two always appear on this bridge to stop her from leaping off it. And Dan's like, oh, so, like, she's committing suicide and that's the ghost. I was like... No, it's, like, more like the girl who leapt through time. Yeah. You need to find, like, a point to leap from. Yeah, well, either that or she jumped in to get her hat. Yeah. That's what I thought with the ghost plot. Like, she she jumped off the bridge to get her hat and then died. And then death, represented by the two dudes, comes and takes her. Yeah. But, again, not the not necessarily the case. Yeah. So She goes, she wants to time travel. I jump and I am able to. But then she switches topics to like, Joe, you're handsome, let's keep going. The men in black in the distance are targeting Alice, but they can't touch her with Joe around. Um, is time... In the Japanese, I don't know if she says this here, but 
she does mention like is time travel just cheating through life and i thought that really stuck with me like that line yeah like is it the easy way out of my problems because i can skip through time some people will say that but i'm trying to find a way to utilize my powers correctly and for good mm-hmm. um alice leads joe to abandon school slash factory i didn't know i assume it's a school because they had desks there yeah it looks like they're in a little dorm room yeah uh, but she's showing pictures of Joe's church and Joe as a child. Joe is shocked because through the extreme pixel, high pixel quality on this camera, he can look in the photo and see within the photo's eye of himself, Alice taking the photo. Yes. So that's a high quality photograph, Dan. <laughs> um, is she a time traveler? Maybe. Um, she says that she made a promise with the younger you, Joe, and she intends to keep it. Night falls as Joe and Alice are walking through the forest to a nearby cliffside, and Alice just can't jump anywhere. She has to find something that connects both time periods. So this is Kingdom Hearts logic, as I explained to Dan, <laughs> and as I will explain every opportunity I get to the lengthy tirade, it's Kingdom Hearts, Dan. Yes. This is Kingdom Hearts time travel style, except without hearts, it's just things. Um, but both gaze up at the Milky Way... Or can we gaze up at the Milky Way when we're in the Milky Way? You get it. It's like the whole cosmos star. Yeah, it's... It, okay, very limited frame of reference that yeah. I have, but it, it it's literally like the, the image of the, the sky that's reflected in, like, the Hoenn remakes. They reflect it's it... Always the Hoenn they remakes. Reflect, yeah. They reflect it in the river. It's, it's that formation of... It's like that cluster of mm-hmm. stars that has a lot of beautiful colors in it i don't know the beautiful. name i'm just saying if anyone has seen that if only image, we had someone who worked at nasa campus, like, like, yeah the big glowing things in the sky <laughs> i don't know there yeah star mom says no <laughs> <laughs> that's not steven universe <laughs> um but both are gazing up watching for the shooting stars alice says that like it's going to show up in a minute and tells Joe to make the wish about the one he misses the most. So, like, to see the one that he misses the most again. Alice says that she can jump there, but she's going to take Joe, or put Joe there instead of her this time. Yeah. Um, Joe wishes, and they cut this in the American version. There's, like, children singing an old Japanese folk song throughout, like, this whole section, hmm. which adds more to it. So I would say, like, go back and rewatch this this scene again, mm-hmm. because it's just them singing and Joe reacting, like... We can't be back there again. Yeah. Like, like, we're in a different time. He puts it together a bit faster. Um, he rushes down uh, to the river where he sees these children putting their Tanabana branches, bamboo branches. Well, and it's an older villain. Yeah. Like, it's not... Yeah. The, the There's less lights. It's yeah. more... You know, it, he's literally in... What was a modern-day town is now an old village. Yeah. And he sees this little girl that looks like Alice put a, a branch in the river... And her wish on that branch is, I wish to see my mother again. And then they're piecing together anything. And there's a lot of ways this can go. So I want to hear, like, your thoughts, too. Like, it could be Joe's mother from the past that was Alice made, like, a cyborg to go back. Like, maybe her mind was in a childlike body Yeah. to go back and see. Yeah. It could just be, you know, Alice was taking the form of someone who looked like Joe's mother because... This mother's wish, maybe she didn't have a good relationship with her mom, too? Yeah. Like, it's very... And they leave it up in the air. It's never explained directly. And from what I could see online, there's, like, tons of theories, like, branching from this is Joe's mom, this is Alice in the past, meeting Joe in the past. Yeah, there's all these... Like, because the whole thing is that the little girl who looks like Alice puts her Tanabata branch into... The river and it gets caught yeah. on like uh, on a like banking a, or whatever. 
And again, you get this feeling that if Joe wasn't there, she would have gone into the river to move her branch. Yeah. Like, that's the, the second time that that mm-hmm. image comes up, and it's like, did something oh, yeah. did something happen to her without, like, her, you know, without Joe's intervention? Yeah. Y- you know, mm-hmm. is he setting something right? Or did he save his own mom in the past yeah. so that, like... He could be born. Yeah. Like, I think it's all related. I think that's definitely Joe's mom that he sees in the past. Yeah. But I'm of the camp that, like, she had Joe, she got older, but her mind is in a childlike version of her. Yeah. Because it has to be... Because if we're taking the extra canonical thing that Skull was his father, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the thing was that his Skull was, was a, like, a white guy living in Japan. Mm-hmm. I think in most because he because Joe was bullied for being part like biracial, yeah. Yeah. so he it would make sense. And, and there's like this strange familiarity that he has with this place and what's going yeah. on. So it's, well, he gets it, emotional. He starts crying. Yeah. Like, so I don't know. It's I mean, very. I, I think it's done well. It feels like it feels like a Digimon episode. Yeah. Kind of sort of. No, in, in yeah. the best way, yeah. like a heavy Digimon episode. Well. Yeah, like yeah. there's a lot of summer wars vibes. There's like time skipping. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's. I don't know what to make of it, but mm. it is. It's a beautiful little episode. Yeah. It, I. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know what to. Mm. It would, because like Joe wished to see his mom again. Mm. This little girl had wished, but we don't. We don't actually. And like that's further back than what Joe lived too. Yeah. Yeah. And so and... I think it has to be, his mother figure. Yeah, and it and it, that's why he cries because he's like her wish was my wish too. Yeah, well, even then we, well, I, but we don't also see him read the yeah. Like he he looks at the Tanabata thing mm-hmm. and he's like, "What was your wish?" And then he might be repeating his own yeah. wish or he might be reading her wish mm-hmm. tag. Yeah, we don't we I don't think we know. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It, this is the one to research. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, but Joe wakes up back on the train crying, saying that it was just a dream, um, but it was emotionally powerful enough to make him cry. Uh, the young Alice is seen on the same train watching Joe as he leaves. Uh, the men in black say that she isn't allowed to change the past, so they had to erase that encounter and the time travel moment from Joe's memory. And Alice says that the memory will still remain in Joe's heart anyway. And then in the like in the original version, there's more of that child folklore. folklore oh my god folk song playing in the background um and yet again very kingdom heartsy yeah it's no it's a it's a fascinating episode Mm -hmm. what does like do any of the wikis say anything about this from what i can tell it's just like i had to go to like message boards and stuff and no one knows i've like seen along the lines they assume that's our theory like it was joe's mother in the past that you know went through life, became a cyborg in a younger body, and then is, like, doing things to slightly help out Joe. Yeah. But, I mean, it can range. There's no concrete what it's supposed to be that I could find. Because <laughs> she's also, she's got, like, the special eyes, too. Yeah. Like, she's got, like, they only give that design to a handful of people, and mm-hmm. usually they're significant, so yeah. I, I don't I don't know, it's it's very interesting. And I don't very know if weird. it occurs in the manga either. Yeah. So. This might require further yeah. 
snoopin'. snoopin'. <laughs> yeah. Great minds think alike. Hmm. Um, and our last episode of the episode, episode 003838, Black Ghost Lives! Um, so we get your Dr. Gilmore backstory episode. We do, yeah. man. I hope you're happy. Well, and yeah. it should be noted that it, it goes in line with what the other, like, anime series and... Well, not not with the other animes, but, like, what, what the manga implies about him, that mm-hmm. he is of Russian-Jewish descent. Yes. And it would make sense that he is where he is when this is all happening, yeah. so... Um, so we begin with a rocket launching, uh, Professor Gorigon Yuri of the Soviet space program, and I put, where's Grant? Because <laughs> they're in <laughs> Russia. <laughs> launching rockets, giving a parade, and our operation is occurring, and the noise the parade celebrating, um, a noise the professor, or sorry, celebrating this professor's space travels in a disturbing way, uh, disturbing a younger Gilmore at a closely monitored operating studio. Yeah, but he yeah. he's not the surgeon. The yeah, surgeon he's the assistant. Yeah. is like a gruff dude who's pissed off at the noise. Yeah. And uh yeah, young Dr. Gilmore is there with his flowing uh, anime, anime hair. hair. So. Yeah, his mane. Um uh and Dr. Gilmore has this complete artificial heart proposed by Gilmore um and it's going to be like an artificial heart transplant yes like full heart out heart in but it turns out that it is unsuccessful and dr gilmore is very upset at this yeah, and he and he blames the surgeon for like he yeah. like the surgeon was getting pissy and stressed and he <laughs> didn't put the heart in correctly yeah. but like my technology is perfect yeah um as I often do to Dan. Dr. Gilmore is approached by a man in shadow mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that um, he too possesses a uh, diagram for the perfect mechanical heart, replacement heart. And then Dr. Gilmore puts things together like, oh, you're Professor Brown, who is a Nobel Peace Prize laureate winner or just nominee, I'm not sure, offering his own superior blueprints to an artificial heart to Gilmore. Um, Dr. Gilmore thought that he died, but it turns out Brown had staged his own death and capitalism will cause all these endeavors to collapse. <laughs> so, yeah. like... Um, join Black Ghost and we can help provide you the means to further your research. Yeah, I I mean, I would assume the point of that is that Gilmore won't get funding if his investors assume it will fail. So he wants an environment where he can do whatever he wants science-wise without having to worry about money flow. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah. Um, But they still do anyway, so I don't, I, It's sketchy. Like, here he's morally gray-ish. Yeah. I think he's more just upset, like, he knows it's his genius that wasn't that flaw, and he wants to prove himself. Oh, well, no, this yeah. is definitely his, like, heel face turn yeah. thing yeah. here. It's like, without a doubt, it's how he, his heart changed, as yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> um, the earlier cyborgs are shown fighting in their, as Dan liked to met what did you call them? The Bart Simpson pilot outfit. Yeah, what, the like, green and red. Yeah. Instead of the red and yellow. Well, it looks like Berg. Yeah. Ber- who's Berg? Bug gym leader. Oh, Berg. Oh, it doesn't. Yeah, green yeah. with the long red flowing yeah, scarf. You're right. Yeah. Again, Game Freak are full of people. They they constantly reference this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Could be. Mm-hmm. But they're green. They they used to have green cyborg uniforms. Uh, Gilmore worked with Brown to perfect the cyborgs. Jet slash zero zero two is shown being bombarded with artillery, uh, nearly dying before activating his jet boots and plummeting. Uh, the accelerator he uses still isn't perfected, but something interesting here is that they called him 001 first. Yeah, and it's and it's also, like, um, another point to this whole Black Ghost thing is, is like, oh, well, he, you know, his accelerator failed, but he thought 
quick enough to switch to his jet boots out of, like, a survival instinct. And that's something that a robot couldn't do. Yeah. So it's like, that's why they need to be cyborgs, because they're better fighters that way. They can think on their feet, literally. So. Mm-hmm. Um, children are also being tested for psychic powers, uh, which might come up? It does. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Um, but one Gamo, as he's called it, a... In America, in the dub, it's Gamo Asimonov. Asimonov is it, his it, last No, name? it's, it's Gamo Asimov. Asimov. Like they, just, they literally just call him yeah. Asimov. <laughs> but in the Japanese, it's whiskey. Yes. <laughs> and they've called Ivan whiskey that. here. Yeah. 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 I don't. They, I don't know so why they would change that. So he kept his original name. That that's what was confusing to me. Unless that's he changed his name later, maybe yeah. I don't know. Um, but Gamma was in charge of the mutation program before Black Ghost was officially formed. He is shown carrying around a young bandage baby. Ivan Whiskey. Um, and Dr. Gilmore's like, he's testing his own son that has psychic powers? Like, yeah. why um, Dr. Gilmore is disturbed by using his own his one son for, like, financial or scientific gain. But 001 shows immense power. Even on the operating table, he's like, does the whole Sabrina. I'm going to move these instruments around. Mm-hmm. And Gamma's like, stop that. Yeah, and, and he does. And he does. He listens. Um, he doesn't shed a tear, but... Uh, in this wonderful scene, we see Gamma walking out, and then you see that Ivan is still pissed because he causes the windows to shatter yeah. through his psychic, you know, malice. Yeah. It's, and it's I, gonna... I think next episode we get more baby. Well, I, I think the next, like, the next arc is baby. Baby based? So, yeah. Good. Finally. I've waited. So- what does the head clock mean in the intro? <laughs> I wanna know. Um, but uh listens to gamma anyway doing it for money he's not evil others might do the same so this other scientist who we've seen in like the background in a couple episodes earlier on is like we can't judge genius because we're all here to make sure that our things get funded so ivan is abandoned and saddened and thus jet became 002 and ivan 001 yes um gilmore shows his blueprints to brown for his improved human hearing and sight model cyborg Mm -hmm. Uh, which then would become Francois 003. Brown, uh, he asked Brown, can I lead this operation myself to prove myself? And he's yes. given the chance then. Uh, 003 is then shown after this operation using her new powers to avoid being destroyed um, in this wilderness jungle-like setting where they're being attacked by robots and missiles, uh, but is saved by Jet. This is the first two of them meeting. She panics, Jet falls, mm-hmm. and they stumble through a river I'm kind of glad that their relationship ends there. <laughs> like, yeah. like, monsieur, are you from Brooklyn? I've never yeah. met you before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mon dieu, uncultured American swine. And we also need to note that in Jet's blueprints, his nose is still gigantic. <laughs> so well, it's not was... as big. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is the model we want to stray to. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, someone slipped in the planning processes there. Uh, but they're fleeing from these giant robots and tanks, and then Albert 005, 004 is there to provide cover too. Uh, 001 communicates mentally to the group. Uh, if you want to survive, you must fight together. And they're all wearing their older green uniforms here. These are the originals that we've been told so much about. Yeah. Um, 002 and 004 do a combo attack, but this results in them being saved, but 004 is in immense pain. So I suggested that this is faulty weapons and equipment. <laughs> Yeah, well, some of them, um, one, the other scientist drops the line, I think Br- Brown drops the line that, mm-hmm. uh, the, their, ner- uh, neural, cis- oh my god, I'm forgetting the word. Neurology? They're, they're- Neurotic? They're, uh, <laughs> they're neural, like, their body's neural network is mm-hmm. rejecting the implants, so mm-hmm. they need to come up with, 
Like, at the moment, they don't have the technology to stop their bodies from rejecting the cyborg stuff. So call them Miss Birdseye and put them on ice, Dan. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ethel Merman, call Bravo. them Miss Birdseye. <laughs> um, but <laughs> they do that and they're put into sleep. <laughs> yes. Um, and then Gilmore is, like, having a whole existential crisis because he's operating on 005. Mm-hmm. Right? He yes. goes to zero zero. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then we get the whole, oh, we need to talk about the rest well, of the yeah. story. Well, yeah, years later, yeah. when Gilmore is present-day Gilmore, he uh, he's he is now in charge. He, presumably, they had him doing other things, but now mm-hmm. he is the, the one they call for surgeries. Because mm-hmm. uh, Brown died after, like, you know... He, being old. Be, yeah, being <laughs> old and being despaired that the cyborgs were put on ice in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, uh, he's, uh, you know, sent to operate on Geronimo Jr., and this new artificial heart is going to be used, um... It's like the Big Pump XL. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, what did they call it? (laughs) Well, no, it's literally, it's the the, the double pump XL. We don't use that. Turbo pump. Um, and it's, like, too mechanical for Gilmore's taste, and it it might be faulty. It might have Joy-Con drift, so he does not want to put it in... Like, he does not yeah. want to, like, risk putting it in one of these uh, cyborgs, but the guy is like, but our sponsors, you yeah. know, they're paying us From to use Yamaha. this tech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> want us to use the Super Pump XL. OLED. <laughs> yeah. And we, we uh, you know, Gilmore starts, like, do I want to, like, basically got, yeah. risk this this cyborg dying well, he has an inner, inner saboteur moment with me and you yeah <laughs> sell out man <laughs> yeah like just his... like the insane clown posse eh? yeah the the ghost of his <laughs> of his like old self is like doing it for money here eh? you know so it it and then Gilmore's like who <laughs> playing skyward <laughs> without motion controls huh eh? who <laughs> <laughs> my heart and then he's just shown on a bed overlooking the opera well no they table. throw him on a couch yeah <laughs> It's, it's a couch, like, above the, uh, you know, because yeah. they don't care, but... Uh, and then we're delivered the worst backstory. They had to do our boy Chang so dirty. Yeah. He's in China. He's doing parlor tricks. He sets, like, the whole neighborhood on fire. Yeah, he burns down his own restaurant. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, well, at least I still have the, the pig farm. The dining hall. The yeah, first the dining, the, the dining yeah. hall. And they're like, nope, that's burned down, too. We lost all our... Our no, money. that's yeah. food poisoning. Yeah, food poisoning. And yeah. then, oh, I have the pig farm. The pig's escaped. Oh, and then he just passes out. And then Black Ghost comes and scoops up this obese Chinese man. And we don't know why. Like, like we don't know. All right. I, I don't. And How I, long were they watching him? And I don't know if they ever rectify that in any other adaptations. Like, if there's another reason that. Because I think something that would make more sense for Chang was that he was, like, a, like a circus performer yeah. or something. Like, he, yeah. he was. Like a fire breather. Or give him, like, a father figure. Give him kids or something. Yeah. Because he is a dad to the rest of the team. But I don't know what specifically about him in this continuity draws Black Ghost. Besides him just being a desperate person in need of... And again, we don't get the sense of... Like, we don't know how many people Black Ghost has kidnapped. So it could just be whoever survives the preliminary... You know, health-wise yeah. can survive yeah. the process we just keep. Because we're giving a glimpse of, like, others. Yeah. A that, lot, a few others. That might come up? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah, there's some, like, little cool shots of other ones in tanks yeah. and everything that we don't, yeah. you know. 
um 007's living my best life becoming a shakespearean barfly lush (laughs) (laughs) and uh making like robinson crusoe and getting lost (laughs) after a few drinks yeah um and he's on the ground in london presumably and black ghost comes and scoops him up yeah too very little backstory there and then the serious backstory punma is like in a war-torn nation (laughs) getting shot at by the damn incredibles bot again yeah it scoops him up and kidnaps like him. blood is shed for punma the yeah. others are just scooped up and then we see them getting operated on in a very painful predicament and gilmore's like what if i become <laughs> <laughs> yep beautiful disaster yeah, um yeah. <laughs> but it's like i but again there's only brief flashes but we see like Chang getting tortured. Yeah. We see Seven getting, getting electrocuted, and then we then see Puma underwater like, in a in a tank. Of yeah. just, so again, there's it could have been approached with less <laughs> jokes, yes, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Poor Chang. Yep. Yeah, but Gilmore's like that's when I knew. <laughs> that's when I knew I had to do something. Yeah, I had to be old. <laughs> and then we're shown that he awakens the original cyborgs. And they're running from this black ghost facility. Well, and he updates them to yeah. to be able to live, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. He's like, been doing that behind the scenes throughout. Yeah. Um, but then we get a full 180 crazy to the opening of this anime, with baby Ivan calling out to Joe to wake up because he's being operated on at that time. Yeah. And they're all fleeing the facility, and the episode ends where we yeah. began. But it does serve to establish Baby's backstory. Yes. So, because I think that's going to be the big factor for the coming episodes. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, with that, we finished four episodes. Any lingering thoughts on the four we watched? I Again, I thought it was a very good batch. That Tanabata episode is yeah. going to stick with me for a bit, I think. Tasting time if you like giant snakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a movie Dan recommends. Um, But no, a, a yeah. good batch especially that one and this one served as a great tease for what's coming mm-hmm. so because yep. we're getting different enemies next time yep. so yep 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 uh, i think it was a very strong batch i like what they did cinematography wise in episode 33 and the tanabata episode i think they stuck out for their own i liked the gilmore backstory and i like that 003 got to do something yeah and you know it was based around mummy love yes <laughs> mummy love <laughs> Uh, but with that, before we go, is there anywhere that our audience can find us on social media? Uh, you can follow me at King underscore Danis on Instagram, as well as our adjacent anime was not a mistake podcast Instagram account mm-hmm. and on Facebook. Mm, you can find me huffing safflowers at losing my mind JK on Instagram, drink and read JK on Twitter, or follow my other podcasts, both on hiatus, but they'll be back uh, at Nightcaps at the Theater and Drink and Read dealing with movies and literature mm-hmm. um, but as always remember to rate review and subscribe to this podcast platform as i know you're all doing because i know someone's listening to us out there and uh i just want to mention before dan gives us a tease that due to my unforeseen circumstances we are taking a week break so please understand yeah yeah we'll post like a rosetti picture so we'll, we'll meet we'll bowing into something yeah. <laughs> We'll, 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 me we'll, doing like the the director thing of, like <laughs> i'm sorry that i spilled that oil in the ocean but uh, yeah yeah we're, we're just gonna take a brief break yeah. but then we will be back for uh, the summer of cyborgs exciting three-part conclusion yeah yeah because yeah, uh what's I, next dan well i do believe that we are starting the mutant warriors arc mm. which uh based on the teaser and based on what i remember is 
there's some Mob Psycho 100 vibes. Ooh, there's a lot of psychic, Grant's favorite. psychic uh, folks who pose a threat that the you know the cyborgs have not faced before. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're gonna get some more uh, Ivan backstory because his uh, his his precious pop might <gasps> be behind some of this. So, oh my goodness gracious, who knows, Daddy <laughs> and baby. Here at Anime Was Not a Mistake, we have one mission. Whether you be a magical girl, a giant fighting robot, a raccoon, or just a fan of podcasts in general, we hope to one day arrive at a definitive answer to the following question. Is anime a mistake? While we obviously don't think so, there's no harm in expanding our weave horizons now, is there? As of late, our humble little show is devoted to the analysis and discussion of movies, series, and episodes that show off that powerful art that is animation. However, none of this would be possible without listeners like you. If you like what you hear on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more, then why not support us on Instagram at Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast, or on Facebook at Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod. We promise to go happies on the sake with you. Join us, won't you? This time and the next. And with that, Dan and I leave you with a to be continued as the chill anime beats play. Sayonara.